We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chicago Bears select... Welcome to Picks for Polls, presented by The Bear Report. Your number one source for everything Chicago Bears draft news, analysis, scouting reports, and more. Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, making their way to the podium, Andrew Freeman and Usaid Koshal. Welcome to Picks for Polls, a Chicago Bears draft podcast presented by the Bear Report and Blue Wire Pods. My name is Andrew Freeman, and of course, I'm happy to be joined by my co-host, Yusei Koshal. We're recording this episode on Tuesday, January 17th here as uh, recording this episode after a wild, wild card weekend as a lot of crazy football happened um, that, you know, as Bears fans are kind of missing out on that playoff experience. But as as an outside observer, I guess, to these fan bases and to these teams, um, it was a pretty fun weekend of football. I got to say, Yusei, uh, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing well. You mentioned the fun football over the weekend, and there's such a common trend that exists between all these teams that are in the playoffs and are going to be playing on Saturday and Sunday for the divisional round and making the playoffs, which is a simple fact that all these teams, they drafted quarterbacks and they pretty much stuck with the memo. I bring that up because the Bears are in a situation, right, where you walked into a situation where Justin Fields was already on the roster. And now the question is, are you going to stick to whatever plan you have? Or are you going to go ahead and stray from it and try to speed things up? Because a team like the Bills, they took three years to get it right with Josh Allen. And they are really reaping the rewards right now. So we can only hope that the Bears are going to do the exact same thing. And side note, I will say, watching the playoffs on Saturday, especially that 49er Seahawks game, I could not help but think to myself, hey, it'd be cool if the Bears were in the playoffs consistently year in and year out because they unfortunately have not been. A lot of that is just the product of bad decision after bad decision, which factors into GM and head coach turnover. Yeah, well, you certainly hope that the Bears have the right people in the building to get this thing back on track. Um, and certainly you hope that they have the quarterback to help get this back on track with Justin Fields, although I think all of us feel pretty confident in that being the case, at least on the Justin Fields side of things. But, you know, speaking of the regime and whether they're the right guys to be 
here for the job, I think that kind of brings us to the topic of today's episode, going over some, you know, pretty major, you know, team building questions that are going to be on the mind of many Bears fans, I think, um, as we enter this offseason period. And, you know, just to preview what we have, you know, we're going to be touching on a couple key players for the Bears, some that are on the roster or some that are going to be hitting free agency, as well as, you know, some value discussions about, like, Trading down in the drafts, you know, what should the Bears be looking at uh, this early in the drafts, especially with them having a number one overall pick? Um, I think running backs can be a big discussion piece of this episode as well as we get uh, further along here. But to start things off, you say, I think let's go into kind of our first major, I think, team building question. And that really is the question of do you build around Braxton Jones as a long term piece at that left tackle position? Um, or did the Bears look to upgrade this offseason? Now, Jones, uh, fifth-round pick for this team, obviously, in this past year's draft, um, got the starting job really right away in training camp and never looked back. And I thought, you know, all things considered, had a pretty impressive rookie season. Um, I'm going to look it up right here right now, but I thought PFF had him graded as, like, really good uh, throughout this year. I've, I've, I look at it here, yeah. PFF had him graded with a 75.4 PFF grade, which is, like – really, really good uh, for a PV- PFF's grading scale. Now, a lot of that is because of his run blocking, pass blocking is still a struggle for Jones, but uh, for a rookie fifth-round pick from a small school to step in and play like that right away, um, it shows the type of upside that a guy like that has. Now, with that said, there are a lot of questions with Jones. You know, the fact that uh, Luke Getzey, I felt like I tried to hide him a lot in pass protection. He tried to hide his, this offensive line in general in pass protection. So maybe his grade's a little bit inflated by the fact that he's asked to run block all the time because when he does get in pass block situations, like especially early on in the year, it was, it was pretty rough for him. And that's something that he's going to have to work on. But I don't know. Where, where do you stand on this? You said, do you think that Jones has proven enough to be kind of seen as a long-term piece? Or do you think that, you know, more competition or maybe even an upgrade is on the way this year? For me, it's more competition slash look at an upgrade. And I don't say that just to say i say it because you're in a situation where people have to realize having a rookie left tackle who's picking the fifth round start 17 games because braxton started all 17 games this year and having that player go ahead and start is nice it's appealing but at the end of the day we have to keep something in mind is that this is a player who is from southern utah state university right being from a smaller school you know there's going to be a hell of a lot of challenges that exist and i think that this year really showed why braxton jones if he does reach his ceiling he might just be an above average starter now for the bears i mean left tackles a blue chip position right it's one of those premium positions so you need to consistently see hey can you find somebody that's going to hold that position down for the next 10 to 15 years because otherwise you're just going to be dealing with a consistent revolving door and if we're going to be honest no disrespect to Braxton I think the future for him is bright but if the opportunity is there to get significantly better then the Bears need to consider it yeah, absolutely. I'm all for upgrading every every uh, position on the roster as much as you can. Um, the, the question I think for me comes is how realistic would it be to upgrade the left tackle spot this offseason considering, you know, what needs other needs the Bears have on the roster, what resources are, are available to them, and who is going to be available for the Bears to upgrade with. Now you look at this thing, um, you know, 
Braxton Jones, one thing we should mention here that like, you know, obviously having a, a left tackle, a starting left tackle on a cheap rookie contract is really, really nice to have in and of itself, but especially as a day three pick, I mean, that is really cheap value right there uh, to have as you're starting left tackle. And that gives you a lot of flexibility to build and, you know, invest resources elsewhere. If you have that left tackle spot left out, uh, locked down, I'm not saying that Braxton Jones had, but has that spot locked down, but from a team building aspect, like for him to, be a starting left tackle at this level would be a tremendous value add to this team because um, it just, it, it just makes things so much easier for this team to build things out moving forward to have that value there. Um, you know, so to me, you know, that's a great value to add right there. The question becomes then, you know, where do you stand on how can we upgrade it and who is available to upgrade it if there isn't one available? Now, obviously the biggest name is probably going to be Orlando Brown uh, from the Kansas city cheese. He's, he's going to be the biggest name in the market and free agency for the bears to be able to uh, potentially bring him in on a big contract. But I don't know. I'm not sure if Brown makes a ton of sense for the bears. I know he's a big name, but I think he's a guy who's, you know, his, his name is a little bit better than his game would suggest. If that, if that makes sense. Like I feel like he gets, um, you know, I feel like he gets uh, overrated a little bit based off his reputation more than so his actual what he puts out there on tape on a consistent basis. And, and secondly, I'm not sure, you know, if he's necessarily a great fit for what they want in this offensive line where they want guys to be lighter on their feet. They want guys to get out in space and move a little bit. And anyone that's watched Orlando Brown will tell you that that is not his strength. He is a guy who's really good in a phone booth. He's got, a, he's just a massive dude. He's got a lot of length and size to him. Um, a bit of a mauler in the run game. He's not someone that's great on, you know, those outside zone runs, you know, sealing off the edge, getting on space on poles and screens and whatnot. Like that's just not, that's not his game. That's just, that's just not who he's been throughout his career. Um, so I'd be very interested to see like how the bears would value that skill set and whether they'd be even interested in bringing in Orlando Brown. They look at the draft, like, and we'll get this in a little bit. I mean, this tackle class does have some intriguing names at the top and it does have some depth to it. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, whether the bears will even be in position to draft one of these guys high though, because of where they're at in the draft from a value standpoint. Um, but so that kind of leads to Jones then, you know, where do I see him on, on this right here? And I'll say this, like with tackles, it's tough because especially rookie tackles, it can take these guys a little, a little time to get up to speed and um, really develop in the NFL before you really start to see them flourish as all around players. And for Jones, I mean, typically it's not to like year three, year four, where you see offensive line breakouts. And the fact that Jones has already shown enough as a run blocker um, this early in his career suggests to me that, you know, there's something there with them. So I'll, I'll say this. I know you're on the side of, you know, trying to upgrade this offseason, but the way I see things right now, Jones, he played at, I'd say, an average level this past year overall when it comes to tackles. Um, I'm, I'm, I lean towards, honestly, bringing in some competition for him, um, trying to try to push him a little bit in training camp. But at the end of the day, um, you're kind of hoping that he maintains and keeps his job at the left tackle spot because it's just going to be tough for them to upgrade so many spots. And for the amount of promise that he showed um, this past year, I think you can spend resources elsewhere, such as upgrading the right tackle spot, you know, because that is legitimately going to be a hole for them this offseason at right tackle and other parts on the offensive line, such as center, you know, the entire front seven on defense needs to be reworked and, 
you know, wide receiver, we know that they need to add talent there. And it's just, it's just tough to add all those pieces there in one off season. So with Jones, you kind of know what he is already while also recognizing that he's only scratching the surface of what he can be long-term. So if you would have asked me this like a few months ago, I probably would have, you know, not, I, I probably would have been on like your side of things you say, where I kind of, I kind of think they should be looking to upgrade, but you know, I think Jones did get better down the stretch of the season, especially in pass protection. Certainly, um, you know, I, I've been tracking his pass protection all year long. He certainly got better from a tracking standpoint throughout the year. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of encouraged. I think he's he's trending in the right direction there. Sports betting continues to take over the sports world. And with fall right around the corner, there's going to be action from every major league sports league across the country on our own TVs. If you're like me, you're glued to the couch watching as many games as you can. Our friends at Oz Trader have got you covered with all the odds for each major sports book from around the web, all in one place just for you. As an added bonus, Odds Trader even compares the sign-up codes and promos so you get the best deal possible. When you're trying to find the best book, it's always best to have the best sign-up codes and promotions. Sometimes those even come with boosts, even additional money deposits. The app gives you a complete rundown on any game, including statistics, injuries, key game stats, game day weather, keeping you, the fan, as informed as possible. And sometimes if you're like us, You've got multiple bets going at once. Odd Trader will keep track of them all in one place for you. So what we want you guys to do is this. Head over to oddtrader.com slash bluewire. Once again, that's oddtrader.com slash bluewire, the number one website for all your game day bets. I mean, I certainly think it's one of those where... See, I think there's a fine line between do we believe this player is a building block? And then do we believe that this player is good enough, but we know for a fact that there's a better upgrade out there now? You bring up Orlando Brown Jr., and you're right. I think that he gets more of a reputation simply because his dad played in the NFL. And again, I think the year that Orlando Brown Jr. came out of for the NFL draft from Oklahoma, I think that was interesting because there were a lot of people saying, well, his dad also played in the NFL and that there were actually points in that pre-draft process where so many had him pegged as a first round pick, but lo and behold, he fell all the way to the third round to the Ravens. And again, if we're going to be honest, like the Ravens, I think are their best in the business when it comes to drafting and developing offensive linemen. You could argue that the Eagles and Chiefs are a close second, but the Ravens can take pretty much anybody and just boom begin to plug and play them alongside the offensive line. Now, the big thing with Orlando Brown Jr. is this, is that you have to operate with a high level of caution that exists because you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're overpaying for a mediocre player. And again, last offseason proved that Ryan Poles wasn't willing to do so, but this year could be a different story considering where the Bears are at and kind of what needs have to be addressed. I would also say this, the Bears need to look for versatility, right? This is a coaching staff that kind of didn't really have an offensive line combination down until after the second preseason game in 2022. So try to find guys who can cross train and play at multiple spots. I don't think Braxton Jones would ever fit at right tackle because he's shown something at left tackle. But if you're going to go after 
some free agents, especially some guys that already have NFL experience under their belt, target the guys that have some of that experience and can play like two positions on the line. Yeah, you talk about organizations that develop offensive line. I'd say the Eagles are the gold standard. Like they are top of the top in terms of investment in offensive line and development of offensive line. Like they're they're I mean their backup offensive line would probably be a average, you know, top 20 unit in the NFL. Just that's just how ridiculously good they, good they are. Um I, I guess speaking of the Eagles, like I guess one name that I would kind of throw out there look out for is maybe to bring in is Andre Dillard. Um you know left tackle former first round pick. I think he would be a guy that would make a lot of sense to bring in if you want to bring in competition for Jones because Dillard certainly isn't proven as a player and he's kind of looking to kind of prove himself and get a, you know, a long-term deal and prove he's a start in this league. So I don't know, maybe you try and bring a guy like that in, but you know, I, I, I just think, like you said, like the bears, they have to spend a ton of money this offseason because they have to hit a minimum spending floor um, in order, you know, just in general, they have to spend a lot of money uh, this year. That's just the way it, it works right now based off the salary cap rules. So you know, it's it's possible that they are going to be overpaying a lot of guys this year. I don't know. I feel like they're going to be looking elsewhere, though, besides left tackle, because I think they are very happy with Jones and with with what he offered uh, this year and what he can do moving forward. Um, again, if if this was something that was asked to me, you know, months ago, I, I would have been on the other end of this debate here. But you know, looking at his season in totality, I, I think there is a lot to build off of here for this rookie uh, left tackle, and we'll see what Jones does. I think it's going to be a big off season for him if he can improve on some things here and really step up to be a franchise left tackle. Like I can't emphasize enough, like how huge that would be for uh, this reboot moving forward to get a franchise left tackle to protect your franchise quarterback on day through the draft after a trade down nonetheless, like that's just French kiss right there. That that's, that would be great work by Ryan Poles. But, you know, speaking of trading down and the draft, I think that kind of leads us to our next topic, which is, you know, what is, what are we looking for in the value of a trade down? And what I mean by that is, you know, there are a lot of positions that the bears could be looking to address at the top of the draft, depending on who they trade down with and where they end up and who's available to them. So I, I think one of the, easiest uh, kind of trade down assumptions to make here is that teams like, you know, the Houston Texans, the Indianapolis Colts at, you know, two and four respectively are going to be really interested in jumping up to number one to secure a top quarterback in this draft class. We know that the Colts are a desperate team with Jim Mersey kind of, you know, make things clear that it's quarterback or bust this off season. Um, and we know that Houston, I mean, they're probably going to be a little bit salty after missing out on the number one pick. Um, so they may look to, you know, try and, you know, ensure that they get the guy that they want at that number one pick spot as well. And the obvious selection would be then if the Bears made one of those two, two trade downs would to pick one of the top two defensive tackle or defensive uh, linemen in the drafts. You're really the top two players in the drafts when taking positional value out of it. And that's uh, Will Anderson, Jill and Carter, two process we talked about all year long. Like they're, these guys are studs. We know what they are. I mean, they're going to be, you know, future game records in the NFL. Um, but is that really, is that the best value I think for the bears to target here at the top of this draft? And I'll go to you here. You're saying, what do you think? Do you think that would be a good value for them trading down like that to get those two players there? You know, do you even think they would be worth it to even stay at one if there's no deal available to them to even pick one of those guys? Like what are some of the thoughts that you have on that kind of discussion there? Yeah, I think when so for me it comes down to this is that Ryan Poles can't possibly mess this up. And I say this because 
you can certainly go ahead and stay at one. You are going to get a blue chip player to build around in Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. It's just a matter of what you deem to be more important of a position that fits your scheme. Is it the three tech or is it the pass rusher that you can move around in multiple places? And then the second thing that it comes down to is this, is that if you do trade down, how far back are you trading? Are you trading back to the point where you're putting yourself in possible conversation for a wide receiver in the first round, like a Jackson Smith, the Jigba or a Quentin Johnson or Jordan Addison, or are you trading down far enough to get those extra picks, but still put yourself in that Will Anderson, Jalen Carter type range. And so those are the options the bears have to consider. And, you know, I think, the real value in trade down, if we're going to be fully honest, is for this team is not maximizing the value of the prospect that they're going to get. It's more so maximizing the value of the additional draft capital that the Bears will get trading down. And, you know, as I, to answer kind of the second part of the question, what position should the Bears target? If I'm being honest, there's three positions you're targeting in the first round this year, and that's it. It's, O-line, D-line are your first two priorities, and then wide receiver. You know, any other position has to take a major backseat. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I think those three spots are kind of the spots you have to look at here. Um, you know, for me, I think you kind of say like Ryan Poles can do no wrong. You know, I I will say I feel like it would be a bit of an underwhelming feeling if the Bears stayed at one to pick one of Willie Anderson or John Carter. Not that they would, you know, not the fact that they these guys aren't incredible prospects. And I wouldn't be, you know, smiling with glee, you know, for the next week straight if they if they were on the Bears. Uh, they got drafted by them. Like I'll be like really happy to get. Uh, one of those two players, but the opportunity to get a ton of draft capital from a, from a desperate team um, just really, it, it, it just, it, it fills with a lot of optimism and a lot of, you know, hope because there's so much you can do with those extra draft picks, whether it's getting a future first round for next year uh, to use in the draft and um, getting additional day two picks this year, maybe an additional first round pick this year. Like the, the options are endless in terms of what you can accomplish with that level of draft capital while still getting, you know, that top prospect that you want. Again, if they can get one of those two guys, I'm happy with it. And I'm assuming that quarterbacks going to go one and two, especially if they trade down with the Colts. Let's say they trade down with the Colts at four. 
I mean, you're guaranteed to get one of those two guys. And honestly, I could see it working out with either one because Will Anderson, I mean, he's going to be a dog from day one at that edge rusher spot. And then Jalen Carter, he's kind of that perfect fit as that three tech in this defense to be that kind of long-term game wrecking piece for you. So, um, you know, I think there is a lot of potential there, but you, you talk about some of the positions that need to be addressed here, you know, defensive line, we've already talked about, like there is a lot of talented defensive line at the top of this draft that I think are going to be worth that high first round pick. You know, it, the question becomes if the bears don't want to address defensive line that high in the draft, you know, is it worth it to take offensive line or wide receiver there? I'll say this offensive line. There are some interesting players here like Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones, I'm not sure if they're, you know, top five caliber prospects in this draft, which is where I get things get a little bit queasy for me there in terms of the value perspective. Wide receiver, I can say it for a fact. I would not draft wide receiver too high in this draft in terms of, you know, in the top 10. I have questions about all these top wide receivers, whether it's Quentin Johnson, who I think has a ton of talent, but I still have questions for him to be a true number one at the next level. Uh, you know, Jackson Smith and Jimba, I still have some question marks about him. Jordan Anderson, you know, talented wide receivers in their own right, probably first round talents on most teams boards, but just, you know, I'm not sure if they're truly game changers that you want to pick like a Jamar chase that high in the draft. So that's where I kind of get, you know, queasy there. So for me, you know, it it comes down to this, like, I I think the ideal scenario for the bears is they convince the Colts to move up to number one, move down to number four, and they get one of these two guys. I think that's probably the best way forward. Um, but we'll just see what happens because, you know, there's going to be a lot of talk about is it, you know, is it worth, you know, is is the right decision for the Bears to address defense here in, in this in this scenario here. And, I, and last year, I, you know, I was all on board of just picking offense no matter what. And still, for the most part, I'm still on board with that. But there's got to be, you know, some value attached to that as well. Like there's only so much you can say towards – you know, had to go offense no matter what and and help Justin Fields no matter what. Like, they, again, they have $100 million in cap space to be able to do whatever they want to help Justin Fields. You know, at the end of the day in the draft, I think you have to get to, you know, picking the best player available because these are your young building blocks to build around for your franchise moving forward. And you don't want to mess that up. You know, certainly you don't want to, you, do, you don't want to reach for need over, you know, the proven and talented player. If there's a franchise changer available for you, no matter what the position, well, I wouldn't say no matter what the position is, but at a valuable position, which defensive line, whether it's defensive tackle or edge is a valuable position, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, saying that, you know, that's a great pick for us. You know, we'll be happy with that, especially if we can trade back and get additional picks to get those guys. Like, yeah, I I think that's a, I think that's a, a, a no brainer move for Ryan Poles. And if you can pull that off, like, your your off season is not only not only off to a great start, I guess, but like you're doing some you're doing some really good things. So your draft is off to a great start if you're doing that. Um, but that kind of brings us then. Let's go go to our next topic here and talk about some running back talk because running back is you know always an interesting discussion for the Chicago Bears with their tradition at the position and you know all the great running backs that we've had in the past year for the Bears. Whether it was you know us probably growing up with Matt Forte as kind of our franchise running back to kind of root for you know thomas jones before that um obviously you had the greats like walter payton gail sayers um you know all those guys but now we're at a point where again the nfl and the modern day um the running back position we know we talk about a lot is not nearly as important as it was maybe 
you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, certainly not as valuable um, from an all around impacts perspective. And that brings us to the question of, you know, what are the bears going to do with David Montgomery this offseason? David Montgomery, you know, he's been a good player, good solid player for, for the bears. He's been their lead back over the last four years or so, um, you know, didn't get a thousand yards this year, um, but, you know, was solid once again, um, for the most part here as kind of that, you know, do it all, you know, Swiss army knife, you know, can catch out of the backfield, a bit of a power runner can get tough yards, you know, a lot of broken tackles, you know, bringing a toughness and leadership to your team. Um, But is that, what, what's the value of that? Do the bears even consider bringing him back? I mean, I'll, I'll start with you. You said, you know, do you think the bears even consider bringing him back at this point? From a locker room standpoint, and a team that's still going to be one of the youngest rosters in the NFL and needs another veteran voice in the room. From that perspective, you bring David Montgomery back. So from a morale perspective, it's kind of, hey, let's bring him back. But from the perspective of a player that's, is on the field? No, because there's been a lot of wear and tear for him over the last couple of years. And let's be honest, I don't having to rush behind a porous offensive line. He's never really been able to fully live up to expectations. And so from that perspective, it's hard to kind of see Montgomery being brought back. And part of me just also looks at his play style, the way he plays. And I don't say that he's, necessarily the best fit for this scheme. He's very much an inside zone guy. The Bears are running outside zone. And I think one of the qualities with outside zone running backs is you get in space and there's a certain level of burst that you have. I just, that translates into breakaway speed. I just don't see David Montgomery necessarily having that. Yeah, Montgomery, I mean, he's an interesting player because he doesn't really have, I think, the athletic profile that this front office is looking for. And looking at the statistical profile of Montgomery, even going back to this year, you look at what he's done throughout his career. He's a, For his career, he averages 3.9 yards per carry. This past year, even though the Bears had one of the better running games in the NFL, he only averaged four yards per carry. Like Khalil Herbert, his counterpart in the backfield, was much, much more efficient than him. Um, as from a running standpoint, he's more explosive, more explosive runs. Again, you know, Montgomery had 800 yards rushing, but you know, um, a lot of that was, you know, a lot of inefficient yards. You know, he did have some big games that, that week two game against green Bay, where it seemed like, you know, the Green Bay Packers defense just couldn't tackle him, you know, did some nice stuff there. But other than that, like that was really his only big game this year. A lot of his other games was kind of like, you know, he was fine, but not great. But I agree with you, like the locker room perspective is going to be tough because he is, I think, a respected player um, in that locker room by the players, the coaching staff, the front office. I think they they value him a lot um, with what he brings from a leadership standpoint. And that's something I don't want to minimize here. But at the same time, again, we're, we're it's a cutthroat business here, the NFL, and you have to talk about what the on-field production is, you know, what helps Montgomery, I think, is that he is a valuable piece as a receiver. Um, you know, he had over 300 yards receiving uh, this past season. He's obviously much better, much more natural than Khalil Herbert. He's obviously a value as a pass protector as well. And I know a lot of coaches value pass protection from the running backs. Um, it may be silly for a lot of Bears, for a lot of casual fans out there, but pass protection – 
for from running backs for these coaches is a big deal to a lot of these coaches. Like they really value that. And Montgomery's always been a very good pass protector for a running back, always a willing blocker, a guy who's always willing to help out. So um, those are things that kind of help him in his favor. I'm just again to me, I'm just not sure what his market is. To be honest with you, it depends what the market is. I think you know the Bears would love to have him back on a cheap deal, but I also think this is a for an officer that wants to get more explosive, um, more athletic, and just have a little bit more juice in that running running back room. You look at their backgrounds here, like the Chiefs, when Ryan Poles is there, always valued having that explosive element um, in their running in their running back room. Um, I mean, look at some of the running backs that they've had, like uh, Jamal Charles, you know, is a name going way back, had that explosive element to his game. Um, you know, some of the guys that they have now. Um, and then, like, you look at Ian Cunningham, the assistant GM, and, you know, the Baltimore Ravens, you know, uh, and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles especially, they drafted Miles Sanders, who was a athletic freak uh, in the time that uh, Ian Cunningham was there. You know, I think that's that's some of the traits that they're looking for, guys that can just get explosive runs. And especially when you're um, combining that with Justin Fields, who opens things up already because teams have to and defenses have to adjust for the fact that, you know, if they're running that that zone option or, you know, bootleg type of outside zone scheme, they have to respect the fact that Justin Fields can pull the ball and get 30, 20 yards, 40 yards, um, in a, in, in a split second because he's so explosive and fast and they have to respect that that's automatically going to open up rushing lanes for you. And the best way to kind of take advantage of those open up run lanes is to have explosive backs that can, you know, get to the second level quickly and get huge runs to really punish defenses and put them in known scenarios. And unfortunately, David Montgomery has never been that type of guy who um, puts defenses in a bind where they have to kind of pick their poison so, to a degree. Like I feel like with David Montgomery in the game, they can kind of, you know, I, I guess not like over defend the the pull with Justin Fields on some of these re option plays, but they can definitely respect that a little bit more because they know that their defense can rally and get to David Montgomery because he just doesn't have that, that juice getting to the second level. And I think that's going to be something that kind of, you know, the bears have to consider here when making that, decision because there are a ton of running backs in free agency and in the draft that I think could potentially be upgrades to what you're getting out of Dave Montgomery. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And that's really, I think, an intriguing question, too, that the Bears are going to have to answer, right? Is how do you go about upgrading 
from David Montgomery because the reality is that a guy like a Herbert, can I see him being a three down back? Yeah, but he's not going to be the most effective three down back for the Bears. It simply comes down to value. Now there are a couple intriguing names to watch here, right? And the first guy I think who sticks out in everybody's mind is Texas Longhorns running back B. John Robinson. He's going to be a late first, early second round pick, uber talented, kind of a do it all explosive player who can fit in any offensive scheme. But again, picking a running back that high for the Bears is quite frankly a major luxury. And then you shift your attention to the free agency class. And there's a lot of interesting names here. Some guys in their mid to late 20s, a couple guys in their early 30s. You look at a guy like Saquon Barkley. I don't ever see the Bears throwing a bag at Saquon Barkley. Kareem Hunt, I could see because of the connection with Ryan Poles dating back to their time in Kansas City. You know, Josh Jacobs, another one who is going to get handsomely paid this offseason, whether he stays with Vegas or he goes ahead and he signed somewhere else but then there's also some lesser options too or some second and third wave guys like a Daryl Henderson who's currently with the Jags or even a player such as um Matt Breida who again Matt Breida is not necessarily the flashiest name but he does fit in the scheme because he played in it from his time in San Francisco yeah, obviously, I think the big names are going to be Tony Pollard. He's probably going to be – and Saquon, Saquon Barkley, obviously, is the biggest biggest name if he hits the market. Like, I don't know if the Giants are going to franchise tag him or Daniel Jones or not. Um, that's going to be probably the most intriguing decisions to be made um, this offseason uh, between the New York Giants because Jones has legitimately been pretty good for them. Uh, we saw in this last playoff game against the Vikings, like, you know, he's he, he's really come along in Brian Dable's system, I, th- I think, and – you know, Saquon Barkley, while he's been the offense for the Giants at times, like, you know, he's had a bit of an injury history himself. And so they may be willing to kind of let him hit the market and try to bring him back that way. I don't know. Um, but, you know, Saquon Barkley would be, I think, a lot of fun if the Bears could bring him in. Like, it comes back to, like, what do you think – what what should you actually pay for a running back? Like, is it worth the pay running back the big contract? You know, I've always been in the case that, like, no, like it isn't. It's not worth it to pay running backs big money. Like they're always more going to be more valuable on the rookie contract while they have fresh legs. I guess this is where I get interested in guys like Tony Pollard because Tony Pollard, because he hasn't been used as much um, playing kind of behind Zeke Elliott, you know, he's, he's going to be a lot fresher than a guy like Saquon Barkley, who's gets a ton of carries with the Giants and has had, you know, injuries uh, throughout his career as well. So I think Pollard is probably a safer bet and probably not going to be as much money than a guy like Saquon Barkley. They could also go for a guy like Miles Sanders, who's probably would probably be the classic guy that gets overpaid in the market, but he kind of fits that explosive po- profile they're looking for. You know, Josh Jacobs, if he hits the market, like he's, he's a great back. He's a top 10 back in the league. Like you would definitely be looking to, he would definitely be an upgrade to what they have there. And he's a good receiver out of the backfield as well, which is going to be what they need because, you know, Khalil Herbert for as good as he is, you know, he isn't like, he, he isn't like a great three down back. Like he's not a great receiver. He's not good in pass pro whatsoever. He's purely a guy on first and second down that can get you explosive runs in that outside zone system. He's great at it. Like he's, he's a fantastic player with that. He's not that workhorse, workhorse three down back though that you kind of build your running back room around, and that kind of gets us to like the final thing here for us before we 
uh, we get out of here, you know, should the Bears invest in running back in free agency or the NFL draft? And I think you know, the answer is probably yes, they should invest in it to some degree. The question is, what do they invest? Like, what what are your thoughts? You say, do you think they should be investing, you know, big time resources in running back, or should they go, go with maybe a little bit more of a cheaper route here? Well, I think they go with a bit more of a cheaper route here because when it comes to how do you invest in it from a monetary standpoint, it just makes more sense to wait until the second or third wave of free agency, sign a guy to a really cheap one or two year deal, a veteran that you know can come in and give you just enough each week to the point where he's serviceable, but he's not necessarily carrying the entire weight of the room, much like David Montgomery was asked to do now the other half of it is this is that if you do invest in a running back via the nfl draft you do so on day three because there's going to be a lot of interesting and quality finds there i don't necessarily see this being an uber strong running back class but the bears don't need a blue chip player like they just need someone who's going to come in have solid receiving skills has a bit of a burst to him and can quite frankly be on a timeshare role with Khalil Herbert. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think the cheaper route, it makes a lot of sense. And that's honestly where I lean as well. I think that they need to, you know, they need to fill up the rest of this roster, I think. And uh, they have needs at defensive line. They have needs at offensive line. They need weapons in the passing game. Um you know, they can even address some needs in the secondary as well. If they want to add another cornerback, I think that that could be something that they look to add as well. And also the depth on the roster as a whole. Now the options I I think they could do is that they could try to get like a veteran here. So they have a guy that is good in pass protection. Um, You know, there are some guys they can kind of look for on that on cheaper deals. Like I'm not going to give specific names right now. We've kind of gone through a lot of names already. Um, Again, it's going to be a very talented running back. Um, free agency class so they could get a guy on maybe a mid-level contract like you know again I, I think honestly the more I think about it, I think Miles Sanders makes the most sense because I think he's a guy that is not going to command as much as a Saquon Barkley or a Tony Pollard or um, let's say a Josh Jacobs but he's also a guy that's going to probably you know be in that 8 to 12 million range for a running back and maybe you can get him on kind of a shorter deal or you can get out of it and then you can also maybe invest on a guy on early day 3 late day 2 guys that's kind of like the sweet spot to find guys that are three down values um, at the running back position um so i mean i, I that, that's probably the best way to go about it i think obviously my my standpoint has always been to just continue to draft a guy on day three every single year and just like hope it happens, you know, for them. Cause eventually one of these guys are going to hit um, just because the nature of the position. And it really comes down to this. Like your running game is only as good as your offensive line and your scheme. Um, running backs can be a nice icing on the cake. If you have an elite guy to kind of elevate the unit, but really it's all about the scheme and the offensive line and doing the work up there. That's most of the work right there. The running back then, you know, you want guys that can get explosives and get to the second level and get big plays, but um, also you want guys that can contribute in the passing game as well. So there are a lot of talents for running backs. Like I've, I've actually done some early work in this running back class. I actually do think it's actually is a pretty strong class. Like Bihan Robinson is going to be a guy that's going to headline this group, but there's some talent here on day two and day three that I think is really exciting. So, I mean, we're going to get into more of that as we get into kind of scouting out this, this running back position, but yeah, to me, like, I think, 
I, I think that, you know, there are a lot of good options for the Bears to address running back in free agency. And I think if they can find some explosive playmakers at that spot, they would do wonders, I think, next to Justin Fields. And this is already a running game that's really successful. I mean, they had the number one rushing attack in the NFL last year. And even if you, like, take out some of the Justin Fields scrambles and stuff like that, they'd still, I think, would be a top five unit probably if we just adjust for that. So um, clearly Luke Gutsy was able to get a lot out of this unit from a run blocking and a run game standpoint. Um, if they can add some more talent to that group, I mean, things could get really explosive and exciting here for Chicago if that's something that they want to do in the off season. But with that, uh, that's going to wrap it up for us here at the Pixar Pulls podcast. Uh, make sure to like, rate, subscribe to us here on Spotify and um, everywhere that you get our podcast, our podcast on any podcasting platform. Um, make sure to follow us on social media at, as well. Uh, the senior bowl is coming up in a couple of weeks. So, uh, we're going to be doing a lot of, or at least try to do a lot of updates for the senior bowl as that comes around. So make sure to follow us there to get all those juicy updates there on social media at picture polls on Twitter. Uh, you say, where can our followers uh, find you on Twitter and find your work? Yeah, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at Usaid Koshal and check out my work on the bear report podcast as well as the bear report website. Absolutely. Make sure to give you say a follow. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at AG Freeman 25. You can find more work on the bear report as well. Uh, definitely going to be doing a lot of work here in the off season when it comes to scouting reports, when it comes to some off season uh, stuff, I'm, I plan on doing a, a bears mock off season at some point, uh, maybe late January, early February, get that started. So definitely something to do to kind of kill time until free agency begins. Also do some stuff on some of the contract negotiations for um, some of the, guys in the 2020 draft class that are eligible for extensions. Like I just did Cole Komet on the bear report. I have Jalen Johnson, Darlene Mooney coming up shortly as well. So make sure to keep an eye out for those. But uh, other than that, I mean, obviously we're looking forward to another week of um, really fun playoff football coming up next week. And until next time, bears fans, uh, make sure to give us a follow there and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Have a great and safe weekend and bear down. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.